This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. Hello, everyone. Looks like we are streaming live Facebook. Welcome to another live stream here on the Facebook Professionals Group. Yes, we didn't Wednesday do it yesterday. Evening, and we're doing our thing. What's going on, guys? You look pretty good out there. Hi, Chris. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good evening. How are you? Thanks for joining us again. I love it. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, me and Bill were just talking a minute ago about just, um, you know, people adding where you're from, the name of your company, and what part of the country you serve, you know, to your pay Facebook profile. So when we look in there, we can see that we do a lot of networking in here. You know, it's amazing how many times I, I publish a blog and people actually read that, Dana. Kind of blows my mind. But the people will get in touch and they'll, they'll ask me if I know anybody who I can recommend in their neck of the woods. And, you know, one of the primary ways I have of doing that is just through the Facebook group. And I can kind of search through there and see who's where and maybe, you know, send people in your direction. So if, uh, if you go ahead and update your Facebook profile to, you know, say where you're at, um, that helps a lot. And, you know, you can even talk about the kind of work that you prefer to do. We all do shower doors, of course, but a lot of us do a lot of other things, too. I know Brandon's doing a lot of uh, wine rooms and stuff, you know, and I know Bill Bill does those, too. Probably a lot of people do. Um, a little bit. The glass is a little big for me in a lot of cases, man. Those Those wine rooms could be huge, and they usually are like floor to ceiling and they're usually either up some stairs or down some stairs, you know, so, but I don't know. It's just the thought. So uh, let us know, you know, um, and feel free to post, you know, in the, in, in the Facebook group where you're at, what you do and um, kind of work uh, you're looking for. If you are looking for work, a lot of people are just looking for help. Precisely. Funny. I had a call from a guy, his union and he's been out of work since April. What? Yeah, in San Jose area. A glazer? Yeah. He worked for um, Signature and he's been off since April. Yeah. Looking for you say work. you want to move to North Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> when you're moving to North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I I had a guy reach out to me from here. His name was uh, Frank Arrington. I don't know, but he's been on this post before. Sounds like he moves around. He was looking for a job. I told him to apply and never heard from him. Yeah. I just recently had two guys contact me from Northern uh, Virginia. They worked in the Northern Virginia, Washington, DC area, both with significant years of experience uh, in glazing, 24 years, uh, one occasion, 30 and the other. and. It was interesting. They they called within a week and a half of each other, didn't know each other. I ended up hiring one guy, but um, they told me that it's just such a rat race over there, traffic and um, and the demands of some of that, uh, the type of work, working up high. And uh, it's not often that you had Glazer with that level of experience falls in your lap. So it was yeah, refreshing. Wow. wow. Yeah. Lucky. You've been doing things right. See, it's karma. Well, I hope, Bill. <laughs> Oh, like where where are you located at? We're in North Central West Virginia, uh, about an hour and a half south of that's Pittsburgh, right. Pennsylvania. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I, I, I should remember that. Yeah, yeah. We we had a guy from DC uh, that came in, and he actually worked for us for about a year, a uh, year and a half. And the struggle was just personality from the you know the DC more metro area coming into Western North Carolina. Uh, and a lot of my guys and just kind of the, honestly, just the upbringing history, it was a bit of a struggle coming from, he was coming from a very commercial background yeah. where we do commercial, but it's, 
it's definitely not on the the scale of what they're doing in the DC metro area, you know. So, yeah. but he was trying to get out of that high rise, mm-hmm. you know, working on the same project for a year plus kind of thing. So, same story. I, and I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't a little bit concerned about that. Uh, from one culture, that straight high end commercial down to we do late, what I would term late commercial, a lot of shower doors. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But so far, so good. Yeah, we we were good for about six months, and then it it didn't it didn't mesh. I'll say that, but I, I would say our culture and your culture in your area are probably very similar. Yeah, um, and we're doing small scale commercial, and then a, you know a lot of residential. So hope it goes good for you. I mean, they're they're guys with a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge. It's just trying to get them to mesh with the the guys you already have in house was was kind of our struggle, but but hopefully hopefully it works out because the knowledge is definitely worth it. I appreciate that. And I may connect with you off, off of this to talk about some of that commercial stuff one of these days. No, I, I find sure. out, you know, the guys that call you that are union, all they were doing was commercial work. And they don't have a clue what the shower door stuff and the changing IG units or, you know, is. They're just, you know, they work a, a shop where the fabricators build all the frames, deliver them to the job site, and they stick it in and roll vinyl. That's all they do, you know? Mm-hmm. And at one time, yeah, there's only I was, so much, at one only time so much was, curtain wall. <laughs> yeah, one time I was union and I had to go up to San Jose to get certified on a, a lift. And they took me through the apprenticeship shop and I asked the guy, I said, so, you know, I threw a, a 6130 on the side of my truck and we took it to the job site. Can they cut it on the side of the truck? He goes, no. You know, they're just trained to do storefront. That's about it. Very true. Yeah, I started out, you know, there as a union guy and um, doing doing high rises and curtain wall and, and stuff like yeah. that. And it is. It's easy to end up getting really compartmentalized. Yeah, that's, that. what, that's what it is now. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, so you, you know, you find... get good at something and your boss wants you to keep doing that. You know, you're good at it. You know, if you're yeah. good at putting up curtain wall and you're fast and you're accurate, why would he put you on something else? You know, it's no. just common sense. And then when I went to work for myself, started dealing, you know, directly with homeowners and stuff. You know, there was a lot of stuff that I had not done. Yeah. And uh, it was a little intimidating at first. Yeah, it's just like one of the big companies out here in WW, their initials are WW. If they had a, a job to do and uh, they wanted them to stop and put an entrance door in, they said, no, we're finishing our contract and, you know, you know, get somebody else to do it. They won't stop, you know, from what they're doing to change the layout, you know, cost some money. Yeah. I worked at Weight Watchers for quite a while myself. Yeah. That's what you're talking <laughs> about, right? WW? Yeah. 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 I was with those guys for quite a while. It's it was really a pretty cool operation. You know, it's just well, yeah, like it anything is. else. It depends on the guy you, you're working for, your immediate yeah, yeah. supervisor. You yeah. know, if your immediate supervisor is a good guy, then you're, you've got a good job. Yeah. But they won't stop midstream and putting up a, a ribbon of glass and put an entrance door in it. You know, we'll finish the job and you want us to come back, we'll do it. But... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, for a topic today, I was thinking about just talking a little bit about the differences between working for different kinds of customers. This kind of came up temp- uh, towards the end of our our call last week. We started talking about, you know, working for, for contractors versus working for homeowners. And I guess, you know, there are a couple of other kinds of customers you might work for. You might work with architects. You might work with uh, designers, you know, maybe even engineers. I don't know. But uh, but I think generally the most common, you know, types of customers are either you're working for a general contractor or you're working directly for a, for a homeowner. And uh, takes different um, mindsets, takes different skill sets, I guess, to work for different kinds of people. I was curious what what your thoughts are about that. I can, uh, I'll interject a couple of things. Let me go back to um, 
Billy and Mike were getting guys coming in from the commercial industry, they're used to working for builders, trying to transition them into a homeowner job by wearing booties, putting blankets down, cleaning up after themselves. (laughs) That's the culture problem right there. They're used to doing commercial job where nobody cares for 20 some odd years. And to actually go into a customer's home and sweep up after themselves and be conscientious of what's on the on the wall or whether they have pets that are going to run out or leave their chop saw land where a kid could turn it on totally different mindset. So it's just not the physical part of the job, but it's the, the rest of it, knowing enough, not to pay park on their pavers. Um, you know, all that type of thing is really, really important. And guys that are just doing new construction. I mean, that's all brand new stuff to them. You're right. Those are yeah, those are outstanding points and and spot on. I I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and to try to train these guys to to do all those things, Bill. It's excellent points. Excellent points. So I I had a new house built a few months ago, and I came. You know, it's pretty close to the business, so I'd stop by here a lot. And to see these subs eating their lunch and throwing the trash on the ground and you know, in Florida, flies love their lunch and it just turns to maggots over time. And the supervisor is not picking it up. I, I was livid. So how can you disrespect somebody like that? I don't care if it's new construction or not. You're in somebody's home. But you know, we go out onto jobs, on new construction jobs, and we're still putting blankets down in the bathroom. We're protecting the work from the previous subs. Oh, yeah. And, and I've seen it where guys that are doing curtain walls, they don't care what the sheetrock guys did, or it, it's just like they want to get their job done and it's only about them. So I, I would really be careful hiring these guys and sending them out alone without really giving them some good training of what you expect them to do in a customer's home. That's a big deal. And oh, that play, plays right into what Chris is trying to talk about tonight, working for different customers. Um, we talked about this maybe uh, two months ago about keeping your truck up, how a lot of people follow you right out to your truck to look in it, to see if you're organized, to see if, you know, they want to get an inkling. If you treat your truck, right, you're probably going to treat their house. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes such a long way. And I know a lot of guys on new construction, I've taken pictures of competitors, trucks that are an absolute disaster. And we just use it in our training videos. So we're, we're not going to be like that. No, I agree. Not gotta... to do, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, hey, Chris, I mean, you're running your business based on life experiences and your experiences were good things and bad things. And hopefully you're filtering the bad things out so you don't do it anymore. And you emphasize on the good things or what you consider good and important. Correct. So um, you had an employee, it was a bad habit. They did something they shouldn't have done. You remember that. And then you train the next person to make sure they don't do that. A guy that's on the clock doesn't need to spend, uh, go 75 miles an hour to get to the next job. He's not going to make any more money. He's getting paid by the hour. You got to do the, you got to do the speed limit. Why put you at risk? And your number is on the side of the truck. <laughs> The company number is on the side of the truck, yeah, not, right. their, not their number. Yeah, your, your number. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. I'd Those like to address all... your comment, Chris, about the different types of customers from a, a different aspect. And Bill, when I met you down in uh, Atlanta there, we talked briefly. A part yeah. of my business is, is servicing, we call it after paint, where we do uh, a number of things from door hardware to shelving, mirrors, and shower doors and for, for new construction. And then you contrast that with the section or, you know, the side of our business where we're dealing with private homeowners. And then you also have contractors who are, you have, we have relationships with, we do more of the higher end shower doors, but my, what I'm trying to analyze now is the challenges with these production home builders in the sense that everything they do is deadline driven. And given the environment now with not being able to get some shower doors, uh, supply chain uh, issues, 
this deadline driven thing, they they'll schedule installs or, or they'll, they'll say a shower door is ready to be measured and openings ready to be measured. They have inexperienced site superintendents that you you run a person up there. There's no tile in the opening. It's two by fours. Uh, so you've wasted a trip, even though you communicate on the front end with the site superintendent. Is it ready? Yeah, I believe it's ready. But then you run out of or you, your, your shower door vendors don't have matte black or they don't have brush bronze, whatever it might be. And they're deadline driven. Their price point tends to be lower because they you know their mentality is we're giving you 50 shower doors in the next two months. And when I do the math, I do a little income statement for every job. And yeah, there's profit there, but I don't know if it's worth the headaches, to be honest with you, and the scrambling that impacts all the other phases of my business. Uh, again, we're very diverse in what we do. So that light commercial I talked about are, you know, our, and all the other things, but you end up scrambling and moving your schedule around just to accommodate these guys. I don't know if anybody else has had similar experiences. <laughs> I think we all have that. We all have that. You know, how many times are you in installing the, the shower doors on the day of closing? Yes. You know? We're I always mean, the last one in. Yeah, you're stepping over the carpet guys, the flooring guys, they just grouted the floor or the guys are sealing the hardwood floor, paving outside the landscapers don't let you in. Uh, it goes on and on and on. They, they book everybody like that. And yes, it's, it's countrywide. It's the business. Well, they, they have guys that do these, you know, job plan or dates, everything is due. And they give it to you and they show you when you're supposed to be there. You know, yeah. it, it never works out. Never. And try back charging them. <laughs> try back charging them. They don't pay. Yeah. yeah. They don't pay, and they're they're the ones that get their butt reamed out from their office when they see what is this back charge, you know, for misscheduling. All of a sudden, you're not getting calls to do any more jobs. Okay, good. Give it to my competitor and misschedule him too. That's where I'm at, though, Bill. That's part of the analysis that I'm going through now. I don't know that it's worth it. Uh, I wonder how much more profitable I'd be, I guess, if. I could probably lose a couple of employees that are just, you know, I have on staff just to do that work, not just the shower door part, but shelving, et cetera. You have to inventory a lot of the product. And I just, I just, I'm in this, I'm really giving it a lot of thought now and, and you know, jotting some things on paper to, to transition away from it. I think I mean, part of it's helped me get to where I am, you know, to the, to the three, to the heavy glass doors and the higher end stuff. I think it's time for me to maybe cut the umbilical cord a little bit there. So I'll tell you a story because I was in exactly the same shoes you're in because we did the same thing when I was still in Massachusetts. We were the biggest closet made dealer there. So we were doing the wire shelving. I was doing towel bar holders, grab bars, uh, toilet paper holders, mailboxes, numbers on the house, medicine cabinets, all the after paint stuff that you do, the builders don't want to do right? When we sold that business and moved to Florida, we said, that's it. Not only we're we just doing shower doors, we're only doing frameless shower doors, nothing less than three-eighths glass. So that's all we're doing is three-eighths, half inch and up and not looking back at all because the margins weren't there anymore from what they used to be. And I don't know if you were doing wire shelving or laminate or both. Both. Uh, okay. So the wire shelving, they're knocking the hell out of you on price because Lowe's and Home Depot are using it as a lost leader. They're selling the shelving less than you can buy it for, but they're marking up that little uh, uh, shrink wrap hardware, you know, 150 times that you're buying in bulk, but it's making it look to the consumer like you're ripping them off. Mm -hmm. and so the margins aren't there. It just wasn't worth it at all. Once we got into only shower doors, that's where our life became much more stable, mm -hmm. especially when you get a big house and you get three crews scheduled go there. And then you, all three guys can't do anything that day. You know, they right. drive an hour, hour to get to the job and oh, they're paving yes. the driveway. I guess I forgot to call you. Yes. So, so I got a question. So you guys that work for contractors, how many of you sign contracts with them to do the shower doors? Um, well, contracts is an interesting term. 
because when we do a proposal and they sign it, that becomes a contract. That's what it's not necessarily an AIA contract like you right. would get for big jobs. Yeah. We, we do that also for high rises. Well, right. Yeah. For the, something like that. But, but for single family homes, especially a classic uh, custom home builder. Yeah. We'll do proposals. We'll give yeah. them the options. They check it off. They sign off on it, right. send it in. That's their selection sheet. Yeah. Now, as Mike was saying, we get the hardware selection. It's still in a framing stage. I'll right. already have it out of inventory labeled for that job. Yeah. So I, I won't have that hardware disruption problem. Yeah, so we, you know, unless we the do, week before they call and change it. Yeah, so we used to do commercial work. So we get a contract, we have to sign it. And, you know, it's a yeah. mail and envelope and it shows up and it's, you know, 20 pages you got to go through. So then we got out of that, but then we had a couple of builders and you want two shower doors and they send you a manila envelope full of paperwork. And we told them, no, we're not <laughs> going to do it. Yeah. You know, we throw it in the garbage. You know, you want us to do it. Well, actually we did two shower doors and then they had two mirrors they want on the wall. Guess what? Another pile of paperwork. Yeah. And so now we just tell these guys, you want it done, have the homeowner call us and we'll do it with them because we're not going to sign any more contracts. You know, it's a waste of our time. And so that's, I mean, I had a homeowner call us as we got so-and-so doing the work for us. I said, well, we don't work with them because they want a contract signed. I said, okay, I'll, you do it through me. That's what we do. And that works fine. That we gave up fine. signing contracts. We won't do it. Yeah. It might sound like a dumb question, but to your point, Bill, do, do you guys have somebody, a homeowner or, or a builder sign for every shower door? They, there's a sign-off sheet for everyone. So I was in a house today. There's five showers, for instance. You, yeah. you know, obviously, you're going to come up with the design and, and the hardware. Do, they, do you have them sign five separate designs? Where they actually put their signature is one, but what they're doing is they're checking off selections. For instance, we'll do a drawing of the layout. Yeah. If it's a door and panel, for instance, then we give them the option. You want three eighths or half inch low iron or non low iron. Do you want the coating on it? And they got to check them off. So we give them what the base price is. So the base price I always use is three eighths generic, clear, monolithic. If they want low iron, they check the box and we give them what their add-on cost is. They want an upgrade handle. They, they choose what they want. Now, many times when it's getting into the handle selections, we've already met with the homeowner. We know what they want. We put it in there and we put based on homeowner selection plus uh, $75, whatever the difference in the cost is, right? If they want extra height, we put that in there. So all the different line items and they check it off. But at the end of the five bathrooms, it's one signature. It's not one per bathroom. No, I'll do a I'll do a draw a sketch for each. If there's four showers, I'll do a sketch for each. Yeah. I'll give them the price and they have to sign off on that. So I have a signed, you know. Per, well, what he's asking, Tim, though, is per shower. Are they signing or are they signing one contract? One con one quote. Yes. But that quote has a, a drawing of each shower and what hardware goes with each shower, a picture of all the hardware. Yeah. And they sign off on it. Now, do you put any kind of clause in it? Um, if you run late, you know, we don't have to follow your schedule. If we followed your schedule and, and you screwed up the schedule, now you're on our time. Now, I, I don't have that problem. You know, they, you know, I can give you an exact example. I'm sitting in the middle of paperwork right now. So here's one of our proposals, multiple showers, one set price, options listed. They're going to sign the bottom of this for multiple showers on one contract sheet. Yeah. And that's one of our commercial builders in one of our gated communities here. Yeah. How long have you been doing work with them? Uh, this is actually, it's a, it's a really old community, but the, uh, the, <clears throat> the community itself has created their own GC. Uh, so they can build their own houses and sell them. And one of the cliffs communities up here, uh, the cliffs are a pretty, high-end high end community up here, and they've, they've created their own general contractors. So not very long with them, but we've been doing homes in this community for, you know, 15 years, a yeah. uh, large golf community up here. So, um, but our contractors that we've had a relationship with for 
um, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, if they're doing single showers in a house, a lot of times we won't contract for those uh, because we're discussing options and pricing is not really even discussed with a lot of those contractors. Uh, we have the relationship where it's, we're going to do the shower. The homeowner is going to pick the options. The contractor is going to take that price and mark it up, you know, 20, 25, 30%, whatever their, whatever their rate is. Uh, but our newer contractors are all going to sign a, a contractor proposal uh, when we, when we build that relationship. Uh, homeowners are, are the same thing. Now we do a lot more digital sales now than we used to. So that conversation is always listed uh, digitally where we can go back and look at it. So we use that as a form of contract, but even when we're measuring on site, we'll have the homeowner sign off on the details of our on-site salesman that they agree with not only the conversation we've already had, but the details and any things that come up during measurement on a, on a homeowner based sale. Uh, so it kind of varies for us depending on, again, who you're dealing with. Uh, somebody we have a trust built with, we're going to, you know, up on the back end, they, they said, I had a, had a contractor we've dealt with for 30 years the other day who I know told me one finish on a shower. We went to put it in, found out that the bathroom had been changed. Um, and I, I ate the cost of switching out the hardware and I'm going to restock it and put it on another shower. But for him, I'm not going to, uh, he doesn't sign a contract. He's not worried about the cost, the level of work he's doing. He's, you know, if I'm up or down a few hundred bucks, it's not going to matter to him. So it really, for us, is based on the relationship. Um, and we're going to be a lot more stringent or, you know, a lot more stringent on the people that we don't have a relationship with, those homeowner-based and young contractors, not necessarily age-wise, but relationship-wise. Yeah, so that's perfect. And it's all about relationships. This whole business is about relationships. Oh, yeah. But you're dealing with guys that know you, Billy, and have been using you for years. You've got to trust. They know that you're not ripping them off and you're going to do what's right. Uh, if it's a brand new guy, you kind of have to train them your way and you have to understand his way. It's a two way street, right? But yeah, but we're trying to get everybody eventually to that point where don't ask me what the cost is going to be, because not only is that going to be better for me, yeah. it's going to be better for you because I'm going to give you my best rate because you're not hounding me. I'm not having to do extra paperwork and spend extra labor and extra time messing with you. And I'm trying to get everybody to that point. But a lot of your young contractors, they don't want to, they don't want to build that trust and that relationship. That's the struggle. I think we're finding with a lot of our newer contractors where everybody's so busy um, that there's a lot of guys in the game that uh, wouldn't be in the game, have things not be quite as busy as they are right now. Uh, and they don't want to put that trust out there. They want to quote on everything. I'm like, listen, if you're going to quote me and compare my price to four other shower door companies, uh, I know I'm better. So my price is going to be higher. So if you're going strictly off of numbers, I'm probably not your guy. So I can, you cannot waste my time and I cannot waste your time on the front end, but I'm going to be frank with you. Uh, volume is high enough that that's where we're at. Now, I don't know what you know quantity you're doing of showers at this point, but that's that's how I've approached it for probably the last two or three years is I want to build that relationship with you as a contractor. Uh, but if you're every time you're, you're getting a price from me, you're going, Hey, I need a quote on this. Hey, I need a quote on this. Then that's not going to build that relationship, but it takes time. You know, it takes time to get to that point, but that's the ultimate goal for us is we want everybody to be a call, call measure order contractor. Um, and then we'll deal with the homeowners, you know, in that, in that kind of standard procedure, uh, here's your price, give us a deposit, we'll get a contract, we'll get it signed, and then we'll order from there. So that's the ultimate goal, but it does take time and, and to build that relationship. Yes. Now, how many get builders that, you know, send you a set of plans on the computer and they wow. expect you to uh, give you a quote? We give ranges. Huh? I get yeah, price we, ranges. Yeah. I mean, you get them and there's no, you know, what are you well, supposed get, to do? Put your, your yeah, scale up I don't do takeoffs. I mean, huh? I, don't, I don't do takeoffs from like... No, I, I used to do it for a guy. Email me. You know, and he screwed me over and that was the end of that, you know. Well, it'd be different if they gave you elevations. They're just giving you planned views of exactly. it, right? Yeah, there's no... Exactly. exactly. How the shower doors are not figured, you know. Yeah. They're just drawn there and there's nothing to go on. You know? They give you no specs at all. No. So say, yeah, here's the here's the bathroom layout. Go ahead. They don't, especially on these uh, notch overs where they're going up on a vanity. 
They're not telling you that. You're just seeing a plan view. So you have to assume it might be on a vanity or it might be adjacent oh, yeah. to it. So is it a full panel or do you have to notch up and go over? Are we grinding stone? You don't even know what material you're going on. Yeah. It's just a, a drawing. So it's really not. No, I had, I had one contractor I did a lot of work for. He built eight homes. I did six of them. Then he decided to get somebody else to do the last two. And I would go, you know, he'd send me the, the plans. I'd go have them printed out so I could give him a quote. And, and after he did that to me, I was done with him. I went, you know, find somebody else. So he quit using me. All of a sudden, he's, he, he's burned his bridges with everybody else. Now he's popped back up on my, inter, my uh, emails. Yeah, it's like Billy said, have, it's all relationships. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I have some several kitchen and uh, bath houses that we do their, all their shower uh, doors for. And early on, the same thing. They would send me the drawings that you're describing, Bill, and uh, tell me it was a 72-inch height and, you know, a, a stock door, et cetera. And I was pricing it as if it was that. And I'd go out to do the measurement. It, and the customer would want a 78 or an 80 inch height and yeah. they would want a 30 some inch wide door. So when I talked to the uh, kitchen and bath people and they were reasonable, you know, they're trying to get budgetary pricing. So when they send me those plans, everything I quote, I do a range like Billy says, but I, at the same time, if they're wanting a number, I don't do anything stock. I, I'm, I do, you know, something out of plumb, uh, taller than expected. Well, try yeah. to cover you myself all the... and then when you get out there and you can you measure that up if you could put in a, a, a you know stock door in and and uh things like that it work kind of works back to your favor but i would say that early on in my sales career i was really worried about giving people numbers and varying from that number uh when when we got to the point of doing a shower that was something i really stressed about and it was it was from my teaching, you know, from the other guys in the industry that I learned from where, you know, if you give a price, you have to stick to that price, no matter what. Well, I learned in showers, it's a, such a highly custom product that when I step on site in your space, if you don't understand that that price can vary or you have options that you're choosing that can make that vary, then I'm probably not the guy for them. Um, so we, like I said, I, I do a lot of range-based stuff now, uh, especially because we, we're trying to turn pricing so much faster than we used to. You know, I used to draw every shower, send it to four companies, wait for pricing, do all those kind of things. We're not, we're not in that game anymore. So I create ranges for doors, ranges for doors and panels, ranges for corner showers that can get an idea to the customer or the contractor quickly and then hopefully it can stay in that range. But I'm not going to stress myself with if we get on site and the number is outside of that, that's not going to bother me at this point um, because there's going to be a reason that it's outside that range. Location, um, you know, a, a bad wall, a bad curb, uh, some hardware that has to be added, an upgrade that the homeowner wanted that the contractor didn't know about. Uh, and if I kind of go you know, if that makes me lose that shower because that contractor, that homeowner says, well, you told me this price, but it went to this. I think that that is probably saving me from dealing with a bigger problem on the back end. <laughs> exactly. And volume helps with this. Right. Now, if, if my volume were very low or we weren't busy, you know, and I'm keeping three to four crews of shower guys busy all the time. If my volume was not high, I would probably think a little differently about that. But with volume quite high, I have to go, well, I really want every shower, but I really don't want every shower, um, if that makes sense. So uh, if if my range isn't good enough for them uh, and I haven't proven myself, I guess, enough, or our company hasn't proven ourselves enough in our area, then we may not be the one to do their shower. And I have to be okay with that and go, I know there's another one coming next, so we'll move on to that one. Um, and that's a hard thing to do, especially coming from my early days where like, you know, 07, 08, when we were scrounging to do every piece of work we could possibly do and changing the mindset to what it's been for like, you know, the last six, seven years has been just, you know, wide open, trying to get as much done as you can with what you've got. So, so that was a big, big part of it for me was being okay with things can change because you're asking for a very high end custom product. Um, so you have to be understanding that when I step in your space, I'm going to, I'm going to do the best job I can to give you what you need, but it may be a little different than what we initially talked about and being okay with that. 
Yeah, well put. Well put. Brandon, you're kind of quiet. I haven't heard anything from you in like weeks. Man, I know that you've got a ton to <laughs> contribute to this conversation. I'm just sitting back listening and enjoying it. <laughs> um, well, I yeah, know you I mean, do a lot of work with not just contractors, but homeowners. So you're, you're going back and forth doing the whole gamut of, of different stuff and you've got quite a few trucks out there. So yeah, we're probably, I think we're a little heavy, heavier in the contracting side for custom home builders as far as retail customers, but uh, we do definitely do them both. Um, we get sign offs on every job, even if it's a, uh, a contractor that um, we've been doing their work forever, so they'll, they'll send us a PO. Um, if it's a bigger contractor, some will just sign off on an email that the proposal is good to go uh, for our records. Um, and then every homeowner, obviously, we have signups for everything. And we collect a 50% deposit on all, all of our jobs, even our builders. We collect a 50% deposit for cash flow. So we're, I mean, we're, we got some builders that will give us a contract a year out before they even start building the home. Um, we'll send us POs. There's only one builder. They'll send us hard copy POs. Everyone else is digitally, but we'll have those things sitting for a year before we do anything. So just sit. We just literally have them sit as an estimate, accepted for until they're ready to go, and then we'll start the project. But so Brandon, let me ask you this: um, Do you have a price escalation clause like this past year? between hardware going up and glass going up, do you have a clause in there where in the event that your materials go up, you have the right to be able to yeah, ask on for the, the additional fee? On the, on, the, on the guys that have us hold out for so long, we do. But we really, the relationships we have, we don't run into that. Because like a lot of the plans that we built, uh, bid off of, if we're bidding off plans, it's just a budgetary number for them to, to the starts. And then we'll, once we walk the job, We'll give them all. Do you mean Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, we haven't been affected with cost increase really that much because we buy a lot of stuff in bulk um, and we've had a lot of stuff. So we our numbers have uh, stayed pretty consistent. We've gone up a little bit, but it's been, been pretty good for us. Good, good. Yeah, the one thing that you and I have in common, Brandon, is we charge contractors the same price, right? Right. So um, they don't get a discount, you know, from, from me. And uh, I, I like what you once said, and I started using it. When a customer asks me to lower my price, I tell them, well, I, I'm giving you contractor pricing. And it's the truth because yeah. I, I charge and, and contractors full price. <laughs> and the contractors don't, our contractors don't get a discount. I mean, they're paying essentially retail is what we're charging, um, but we build good relationships with them and they pay for the quality of work that we do. So. Right. And if they're adding on, you know, their, their cut, you know, 15%, 25%, whatever it is that they do add on, then they don't mind, you know, if your prices are, um, yeah. You know, yep. Good pricing, whatever. I call it good pricing. Right. It's the guys that beat you up for the big price. And then you find out that they double your price that a homeowner. Those are, that's exactly what happens. It, it is the guys really that beat you up on price. They're the ones that are doubling it and beating the homeowner up for sure. Yeah. And usually the people that you do give a discount to are the ones the job always goes south anyways, and you always have nothing but problems on them. So that and family. It's funny because when you want to, we're trying to do an advertising campaign just to let the homeowners know that they don't have to go with the builder upgrade, but it, you're treading on very thin water there because some of these builders give you a lot of work. But you know that if their customer came to us, then our price has to go. The protocol is to the builder, right? Because that's what we should do. But then we give their price to them and they turn around and double it to the homeowner. And then a the homeowner thinks that we're stiffing them. Yeah. And, and, and I just got to bite the tongue because that's just the nature of the game. We have, um, we do a lot of wine cellars for a wine cellar company out here. And we'll see that wine cellar come across from the builder too, because they do work with builders. So we'll see the builder have us quote out a wine cellar too. So we got to yeah. pay attention and catch that because obviously the wine cellar company, they probably get the best pricing out of anybody we do work for because we do so many wine cellars, but we just got to pay attention that we're not you know, because I, I know they double our number. The wine cellar company doubles everything we give them. So it's kind of a, 
thing, you know, you're treading thin water right there, trying to not be that guy, why is your number so high here? And you're not trying to screw them over because they give you a lot of work and it's just, it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's different for different companies, right? I mean, you have to make your own decisions about how you're going to handle these intricacies. And, you know, it's not one size fits all for sure. For me, I do such little contractor work. I mean, there's just a handful of contractors that, that I work with, and the vast majority of my customers are, are homeowners. So the contractors that I do work with do, you know, have the love, you know, for me and, um, and they know, you know, they know what to expect. So, um, and, and many times like I heard, you know, Mark talking a little bit and, um, and Billy too, kind of talking about just kind of, uh, the, you know, basically what, what it boils down to is the 80, 20 rule and as what I'm doing really profitable is am i just spinning my wheels should i just give up this this area of work that i've been doing or these tasks or these jobs are they more trouble than they're worth and those are things that each of us has to decide for ourselves because each one of our shops is a little bit different each one of our customer bases is a little bit different you know the geographical location we're in etc cetera, etc cetera. but being in a group like this really kind of opens my eyes to what different people are doing, how they're approaching it and different ways to think about it. And what works for you may work for me, you know, it may or may not, but, but it's worth a try. So here's a, a different twist on kind of what we were talking about with lead times. We've got a contractor that we've worked very hard with for the last 15 years. They generally give us contracts in advance when they're signing on with the homeowner, even before they break ground. So we've signed on to them. Now they call us and they say, okay, we're going to be ready for you in, I don't know, you can measure in two weeks. So what's your lead time? And we're honest with them right now. We're, you know, four to five weeks out. They go, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. So they said, well, we're going to give this, these two jobs because it's time constraint to another another glass shop. So I call him back and I said, okay, so what did I do when we scheduled six guys to go to your house and you weren't ready, but I didn't say that's it. We're not doing any work for you anymore. I mean, we've got to work together. And it's like Billy said before, it's all relationship building. They forget real quick when they misscheduled and you wasted your time going out there, but they're the first ones to say, Oh, no, no, I need it in two weeks or I need it in three weeks because that's what you used to do for the last five years. Yeah, but the world's not like it was five years ago. Things yeah. happen. And, and you know. So true. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I got guys working Saturday. Some guys even will work a Sunday on a new construction where they can just get in and not be bothered. But I, I don't expect my guys to do that. But if they need the money and they want to work, I'll make it available for them. So it's kind of interesting how quickly they forget the good things you do for them. The times that they change the hardware on, you don't tell them, you don't charge them, or they change the heights, or all of a sudden they want it hinged differently than they signed off on. You got to go back and flip the door. And then they try and change you for the, charge you for the tile repair. Are you kidding me? You signed off on this. We yeah. did it exactly what you wanted. You know, it's just, part of the game because I think their tail is, you know, the project supervisor's tail is on the line. Not the guy that owns the construction company, but the job super. And he's not really doing his job right. And he's going to try and blame the subs. You really have done everything that I'm living right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Everything you just said is, is why I am reevaluating this. Uh, you know, revenue looks really good, but Revenue is one thing. It's that bottom line, as we all know. And and trying to determine your bottom line is not just a, uh, uh, you have to factor in all those days, the things that you talk about, the show up and not get paid and the back charges, et cetera. Oh, yeah. That whittles away at that bottom line real fast. Well, I listened very intently when I first started on this group with Brandon and Chase and their software program. And 
when it does scheduling also. But the funny part is scheduling is logistically, you know, you want to see how far away the next job is. But also, are the customers able to be fit in in the event you have a cancellation or a builder like that? Do you have these other homeowners that could be ready on a moment's notice? We say, hey, we just had a cancellation. Can we send a crew over? And then can you put that in your software and highlight it? Like you can quickly look at the screen and say, ah, there's a customer here. I've got everything in stock. I've got the glass. Let's call them and see if you can get in. Because that's really valuable. That's really valuable. It's a great tool to have. So, you know, I don't know what kind of software you guys are running, but that's a tool that you should look at. And if you can mark it off on your schedule that these guys are flexible with their schedule, uh, that helps a lot. It talks about what Chris is talking about, the types of customers. You've got contractors, you've got homeowners. It's a beautiful thing when you have honer, homeowners available that when a builder messes up their schedule, you can still send guys to a job to get it done. Now, you may have to shuttle a truck out there with glass to the guys, or they may have to come all the way back, unload the builder glass, load the new job, and go back out. But at least you get the job done, and they're not sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. It is. We used to use Outlook calendars in the beginning, and there was a way of color coding them or putting these like zebra stripes around it. And that would be the code that, okay, this customer here says, all I need is a 20-minute notice and you can get in my house. Hey, those are big. And, yeah. and the, the other things that we help learn is, you know, Brandon, those ones that do beat you up on price, you don't always have to give away stuff without getting something in return. Say, you need a good price. Are you willing to wait an extra two or three weeks so I can fit you in? Or are you willing to give me a good or a Google review when all is said and done and you're happy? Will you give me a, a, a review or recommend something? So there is some kind of trade-off that you can use. So you just don't have to drop your price to get a job. You can get a benefit out of it if you work with them. I think that's a good thing to remember for everybody. A question on what you're saying, Bill, on uh, your weekend installs or your after-hour installs. Something I've played with for a few years is, and I would like to do it, but again, I'm constantly just looking for guys, uh, and especially guys that are willing to work anytime. But I've thought about offering like a premium installation uh, where we do a weekend installation or an after-hours installation, and you pay a higher fee, but the homeowner is not required. You know, they're not having to take off for work. Um, you can work, you know, work to their schedule a little better instead of, you know, cause sometimes they're taking off for work for the measure, uh, taking off for work for the install. Uh, yeah. and, and I've thought about doing that as a premium option. Uh, but you have to have a, you know, it's gotta be really organized, uh, obviously to do that. So that's been our, our, our struggle with it, but I've, I've been playing with that for a couple of years now just to try to get more done. Um, well, it, it works perfectly, except if that job doesn't go in for whatever reason, now you're going to have to credit them back because they paid a premium, get it done on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And you sent your guys on a Saturday or Sunday and it doesn't go in. Maybe the measuring guy measured it wrong or the fab or they chipped it or a tile crack. And now you got to reschedule it again. Uh, yeah. But it does work. It, it, I think over the long run, if you look at the amount of times it doesn't go in compared to the times that it does, it's worth doing. We, we've thought about that um, a lot in the past. I've actually thought about instead of doing something like that, a premium that we ran offset crews, right? Because when your trucks are thin, you're not making money. But if you can have your trucks work from noon to eight o'clock at night uh, at yep. a second shift, and then you can hit those customers that are on a time crunch or they get home at three o'clock and you're not doing installs that late normally, but then you can have your trucks run till eight. So like almost like a second crew come in um, or something like that, or even like a part-time crew that comes in after hours from like three to eight um, to kind of help with those customers and work on the weekends and they're not getting time and a half or whatever. Um, we've thought about running crews like that, but you got to get the guys to, you got to find the employees to do that. Um, and right now, obviously you can't find any employees to do anything. So that's been my struggle is the guys say they want to do the, over, you know, the extra hours. But I'm like, okay, well, you have to you have to guarantee me you're available, you know, three weekends out of the month, um, and they they're gung ho until you book them for three weekends out of the month, and they're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this every month. So I'm like, well, I can't offer it unless I can 
I can back it up with the homeowners because, you know, if I'm going to charge a couple hundred bucks extra to come on a Saturday and that's advertised, you know, if I post it, then then we have to guarantee we can do it. And that's been my my struggle is, am I going to be the one to go put that in on a Saturday if, uh, you know, one of my guys doesn't show up or has something come up? So, and we haven't we haven't pushed on it yet, but yeah, the the second shift idea, I, yeah, that's a that's a great idea too, and I've played with that as well. You know, some of my younger guys that already you know work a a little part time job outside of what they do for me anyway. You know, because they're in their early twenties. You know, offering them the opportunity to work. You know, a different set of the day, um, playing with that and playing with hours of of showroom operation. Um, you know, who says eight to five Monday through Friday is the best time to have your showroom open? Um, and that's just been the old school time frame that we've worked on for, you know, 60 years, Monday through Friday, eight to five. So I've been playing with, you know, is, you know, Saturday's obviously a benefit, but again, getting somebody in on every Saturday can be, can be tough with a limited, uh, limited number of people. So playing with all those ideas right now, how, how to maximize t- what you're doing with what you have already, because getting more is hard right now. So I think we're all playing with that in our heads constantly, of how do we get as much as possible out of what we've already got um, until we can do something else. Absolutely. Yeah, Billy, but you know, the truth is everybody isn't thinking like that. I mean, you think like that, so you assume everybody does. But the truth is a lot of people are like, hey, this is how we've always done it. It ain't broke, so why fix it? And that really is like the overwhelming mentality uh, of people in business. So when you've got the attitude of, Hey, let's try something different. You know, will this work better? Uh, let's experiment with this. You know, you really, you're really out of the box. You're really in the top 1% of, of all people doing business because it's really not. There's, really there's not a lot of people out there that don't like change. Um, and fear change, right. And change is good. Um, updating all, all that it's it's good for business and it's as a business owner you should you should be uncomfortable in business otherwise you're complacent if you're comfortable um you're not growing so you should be uncomfortable in business especially when your competitors are changing you got to keep up right yeah and when times well, are changing you know i mean when you look around you see wow i mean when, when my suppliers start saying hey it's going to be a couple of months before we have that piece of hardware and you start thinking, wow, okay, I've got to really reinvent myself right now. So out here in Carmel, California. Yeah, go ahead. Out here in Carmel, you cannot work after five o'clock. You cannot work on the weekends. And if you do, your noisy neighbor will call the cops on you. you know? <laughs> wow. Well, I say piss on California then. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and I would you, agree Billy? with that. <laughs> you, Billy. That's crazy. They got the highest tax in the country, and they're actually re- telling you when in, when you can work and when you cannot work. Oh, yeah. In the wow. lovely Carmel by the sea. Well, I hope you made enough money there that you can retire and not have to worry about that anymore. Well, I, I have houses in Carmel that I remodeled at night. I couldn't use a nail or nail gun because I had to screw everything off. So the yeah. neighbor next door went, you know, call the cops on me. So. That's funny. That's yeah, funny. don't step in the people poop. <laughs> and in Carmel, everyone wants, everyone wants cell coverage, but they won't let them put up the, uh, the towers on top of the phone poles, you know. That's why they put up those big fake trees out there, don't they? Don't they put up the big fake trees that well, look like the cell phone towers that look like trees? Carmel, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fighting, they're fighting Verizon and everything else. And Verizon says, "Hey, we can come in and do what we want, so just you know, you can't stop us." <laughs> so, Chris, what I like about this is, you know, we are all glazers, but we're also business owners too, and that's where this topic is gone. Is how do you run the business and structure it? Sure. Hey, whether we're glazers, sheet rockers, painters, it doesn't matter. I think every trade runs into the exact same problems that we have with scheduling, right? Flooring guys are always in our way at the end of the job, almost every one. Uh, so you have to find a way as a business owner to navigate, build relationships, have that one-on-one 
talk with the guy and say, hey, you know, I've already canceled jobs twice this year. Don't do it to me again. You know, I don't want to back charge you. It's only going to make us enemies, but we got to work together. When I call you two days before the job, can you walk over there and check, make sure the tile's completed and no painters and, you know, the whole thing. They're not paving the street or laying the pavers down. You know, you know where we did that really helped out with that. Um, and you still get some here and there because they don't look, but uh, we sent out a text message. Um, yeah. Not the night before, but the morning before. So like, if we're going to do a job, if we're going to do a job on Tuesday, we're sending that text message Monday morning to give them all day long to cancel if they need to, to give us time to reschedule something else. And that's helped out a lot. Like it's rare that we go out on a dry run now. Um, and we've had conversate those hard conversations with a couple builders, like, look, they're killing us with these dry runs. We're going to have to charge you at some point. And now, now it's got to a point where like, if they drive run us, like, hey, I know it's our fault. Just go ahead and charge us. We won't charge them, but it's got that point where they're like, hey, just just send us a bill for it. We understand. So, but the text message helps a lot to heads up. It just reminds them, especially over the weekend, people get busy and they think it's going to be done, and um, it, it it helps out. Yeah, you know that's that's a great idea. There's um there's very little I really like about working for general contractors you know and, and it's like over over time i've i've found that to be true for myself and that's why i just don't do a lot of them but one thing that i really do like about working in an unoccupied residence is that you can just come and go so um you know there's the flexibility of just being able to go there anytime and so if there was a, a little opening in the schedule, like today, actually, I had uh, a job like that where there's a little group of houses that I've been doing the shower doors in. And today I had a little extra free time. I had the glass. So I was just able to pop in, install a little inline enclosure, um, just kind of at, at my leisure. So that's one really cool thing about doing work for general contractors. And it's not always like that course too i mean sometimes you have to be even in an unoccupied place you know you have to be more scheduled than that but you've got a better chance of being really um flexible in your installation time with with a contractor than you do for a homeowner that's for sure you know it's interesting this this job i'm talking about i had this one i think there were like eight enclosures all together that i've done so far there and there was one where I'd gone and measured and it was before, you know, the, the toilet was put in. So I think you kind of know where I'm going with this. So um, anyway, on this particular job, I, I had, they kind of, um, I don't want to say nitpick, but they, we had a little back and forth about the design. So, you know, they wanted to specify how high the towel bar was going to be. And, you know, I mean, it was like, there were some designers involved. So this one, this last enclosure, when I went into install, I could see, oh, it's not gonna work. The door is gonna hit the toilet. So, um, you know, I contact the contractor, let them know, hey, this isn't gonna work. Now that the toilet's in there, I can see this is not gonna clear. I'm gonna have to reorder this glass. And it was, you know, Starfire glass and stuff. So it's not cheap glass, but I just, you know, I never bitch about something you know, when, when it's happening, my philosophy has always been, hey, let's fix this. And then later on, we can sort out the details, right? Right now, it's time to do the work. So I did that. And then once I was ready to, to go back, I, I contacted the, the contractor. I was like, hey, how would you feel about splitting the cost of the glass with me? I mean, I felt like, you know, it was kind of both of our faults. It's like, I didn't catch it. But at the same time, they kind of specified a lot about the size of the glass. And so I felt like, you know, we're in it together. So he didn't give me an answer yet, but I'm going to be really curious to see if he's going to be willing to um, to do that. I mean, the glass was a little just a little enclosure. It was like six hundred dollars is like my cost um, on the glass. Not 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 cheap. So um, how he handles this 
is going to say a lot to me about um, the kind of guy he is. This is the first project we've done together. You know, so far it's been, it's been okay. You know, if I have to pay for it all, it's like, I, you know, I can live with it. But, um, but it's going to, it's going to tell me something about the guy. So what was wrong with the door? Was it too wide or? Yeah, it was like two inches too wide. It was going to oh. hit the toilet, you know, when it swung <laughs> out. So Can't grind that off. <laughs> no. Some guys will try though. Yeah. <laughs> it's already one of those short toilets, you know, so it's like, but you know, that stuff like that happens. Fortunately to me, it doesn't happen very often, you know, but, well, but yeah. even, even I make mistakes. Like I said, stuff happens. A lot of people say, how do you put in all those showrooms? And I say, well, we all always have the glass from those jobs that they don't fit. Now we can <laughs> just build a display for them, right? And use the glass. Exactly. Exactly. Chris, so much glass to, to open another showroom. Making lemonade, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Chris, you got to come out with a tool to trim trim tempered glass. That's the next thing you got to come out with. I'm working on Everybody that. will buy it. I promise. Everybody. You could, do, you could do a little bit to the hinges to pick up something with a sander. Yeah, you, know, you can do a little bit until you can't do a little bit, and then you got to well, mess. I, I know what I can do with a with a sander to make you know pick up maybe uh, a sixteenth that was what you need. But you, you know, know, theoretically, if you ran an oven tempering oven right, you can untemper a piece of glass. That's true. Let it anneal by itself. You got to let it cool by itself. Cut it and redo it. Nobody will do it because the cost of it's ridiculous to, to do yeah, all that. They, they don't want it to be done. Everybody hears that, that, right? Send your glass back to Bill yeah. and he will untemper it. And we can trim it down and get it all to fit. Exactly. <laughs> I'm having a special this month on untempering. You're going to want to fill in those handle holes. You're going to want to fill in those handle holes. Move them over a little bit to compensate for where you cut off on the inside. <laughs> My <laughs> untempering uh, showers. Is that what, what we yeah. call it? I like it. You know, my lifetime, I've sanded a lot of tempered glass, yeah, hinges and stuff, and they worked. You know, I know what I can do. Well, I have not, and I am not going to. So just you throwing know, that out there. You should. <laughs> you know, a little, a little trick. Speaking of hinges, a little trick on a pivot hinge. You need a little bit more room on a pivot hinge. You can always cut the bottom plate on a pivot hinge on a top saw. Mm. It cuts, it's oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've got it all. You know? Say, so say that again. So the, the, bottom, the bottom plate of a pivot hinge. The, for the bottom hinge? Yep. Go or ahead. The top hinge to the tile or whatever. You can uh, pull, the, pull the bracket off. Right. Screw it. Screw it to a two by four, countersink it a little bit, screw it to a two by four, and you can rip it down on a chop saw really easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Then you got to lacquer it or something because the oxidation, you're taking away the coating if it's PVD or something. So you have yeah. to put another coating back on there so it doesn't uh, patine over time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. One time I did a half inch shower door and was supposed to have the big hinges. I put the small cutouts in. Oh, that's big ass, big ass panel and a door. I yeah, if you're using those out. hinges, you wouldn't have to worry about that. And there I, you go, Chris. And right. I sanded that they're glass to glass hinges. No, and no. I sanded those things out, and that was 20 years ago. You made that first. work? I did. <laughs> you should get like a trophy for that. Like I said, I know what I can do on sanding tempered glass. <laughs> we we've got a folder of pictures of stuff that we've gone in, like when we do removals for things that people have done in the field to make it work. Yeah. I mean, you take off a hinge plate, and you see the body of the hinge all cut just to try and make it fit into that yeah. thing. No, I've, yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've taken the glass and I've put notches in it so the glass will move closer to the wall. Sure. You know, with the, the backing plates and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and all that stuff. Make it work, lot, man. I mean, if you did it to an eighth-inch piece of glass, it would blow up. Oh, yeah. But if you got a three-eighths piece of glass, there's, there's things you can do. Yeah, rule, rule of thumb is half the thickness of the glass you can yep. go into. So. Yeah, that's what I've always rule of thumb. If you wear polarized sunglasses, you can almost see where the yeah. tempering stops. Well, you can see the, you can see it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I've done All right, you guys. So what's going to be the topic? Up. What's going to be the topic for next week? Somebody got a good topic. Yeah, right. How to untemper it? Untemper it. <laughs> Hey, so man, you got good your autoclave call. up and running? What's that? Oh, uh, Bill, you got your autoclave up and running? It's not running yet, no. Oh, it, There's still work on. It's going to take uh, probably three more weeks. All, all the techs are here from uh, Ventura, California. Yeah. They're all here getting it all ready. We'll be getting I, it going soon, though. I've got Joseph. a list I can send to you. You can give me a price on. <laughs> Fire away. I've got guys that actually do that pricing, so that's okay. We actually have to quote it before we do jobs. No, I, I, got, a, I got a job here. What, 54 by 110, two of those. 77 by 72, and then there's a bunch of rake cuts. All lammy? All lammy with century uh, uh, glass. Century glass, quarter over quarter? Quarter over quarter, glass. Solar, solar band 70. You need after polish? No polish. It's all. It's all inside. Oh, you don't need any post, you know, post, post polish. Sounds yeah. like an easy job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what's well, it the, is. what's what's your uh, lead time when you order that? It's about two weeks, I think. That's not bad at all. Yeah. And around here, they've been going eight to ten weeks. And as long get... as they have the uh, central glass available. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's what they say. So, what do you want to do next week, Chris? I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Right. You know, as a newbie to this group, I've really, uh, I mean, I've got a million questions, but to, I try to stay on topic, but this, this, these uh, discussions about how you all run your business and some of the, the war stories have really been beneficial tonight. Uh, I've got a page of notes here uh, of things that you guys have shared. So I sincerely appreciate the gems of wisdom that I get to take away from this, but uh, wouldn't hurt my feelings if you continue to talk about some of these business management type things. I take notes too, man. Oh yeah. Believe me. I take mental notes. Awesome. I'm getting old. Well, you're a mental giant though. Still got it going. <laughs> if I take notes, I'll lose it. So at yeah, least it stays right. here. Exactly. It goes in your ear, down your arm, out onto the paper and you lose it forever. Hey, let's use Chris's platform to post stuff this week. If you want to something that you want to talk about, put it on there and let's see if we can't work it in. Yeah. Post some ideas, man. I'll, I'll be watching that and we'll, we'll come up with an idea for next week. We always I, do. Okay. You guys, yeah. you guys, are I, text, I texted now. Chris on Monday and he says, you know, I haven't had time to think about it yet. Look at <laughs> he, he came up with something perfect. So seat of the pants, buddy. Seat of the pants. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, good call, man. Yeah. Thank you. Good Thank night. you. We'll see you again next Wednesday. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.